This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to... No Gimmicks Needed! Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you... To be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker. Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, here you see Welcome back to the No Gimme Seat of Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. A&D. And joining me is my partner in crime. Welcome back. Not Deion says a prime time. Yo, yo. It's me, P-R-I-M-E. And also joining us is the greatest catch lady sketch. What up, dude? What's going on? We got a very long podcast. Uh, a lot of things have been going on in wrestling. I say wrestling has been wilding this week. That's why. It has. <laughs> there are a lot of talking heads that y'all going to be hearing today in this podcast. We may have to bring it up into two parts. Okay, but right now, you know, uh, we got the crew to you know, talk about some stuff here. Um... And I think I, I want to layer it out so we so each part can get some, you know, a significant story and things like that. So, but before we get into that, make sure you guys check out the No Game We See the Wrestling Podcast as you are listening. Check out the Nerd Gas and Talk Podcast. Check out Turntable. Check out Culture and Beyond. The 50th anniversary of hip hop coming to that show. Make sure you guys listen to that. It's coming this month. I'm holding my end of the bargain. I'm holding up my word. Listen. My brain is at about 75% right now. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, uh, Thoughts, make sure y'all guys check out my main man, Primetime, and his boy, Lee Boy TV, the Prime Nostalgia Podcast. I understand there can't be a, a good amount of content going up for that right now, but make sure you guys check out the retro episodes as well. And my main man, Q-Flow, is out here with us, but he, right now, but most likely will probably be in there, you know, uh, throughout the podcast. Check out a new groove, his newest song that just dropped, and uh, check out all the music, you know, uh, through Q Flow. So make sure y'all do that. I had to get, I got those out the way. Actually, got them out the way pretty quickly. Am I missing anything else? No, you good. No. All right. Uh, I think you are. What am I missing? You didn't say nothing about D. D what? D. <laughs> I knew you was gonna say. I said, why would you feed into it? It was right there. Yeah, I. <laughs> right into it. I right walked into right it. into that point. That joke Oof. is not supposed to be funny no more. But the fact that she was just like, well, what are you talking about, huh? It really caught me way off guard. Oh. And I, I thought he was going to be smarter than that. I thought he was going to say, yeah, good good try. Uh, damn. Oh, All right, probably, you know, you caught me. You, yeah, you called me good. I couldn't that. stop you from walking into that wall. You I'm really so could have, but I was like, I couldn't. I didn't. I was like, I didn't know that you was gonna go for it. Man, damn that. You know, even Jordan got crossed. You know what I'm saying? So, Walker, <laughs> <laughs> please just. Probably will pass me like Kyrie. The next one. Oh God. Probably remember how uh, Jason Williams crossed over Gary Payton? And he just looked back and was like, "What?" 
That's how I felt right there. Q, Q understands the reference. Yo. <laughs> He's not even here. Yeah. Okay. Q probably not here right now because you probably watch it with a time. Where's the WAP? <laughs> this too. <laughs> Bro, I promise we not high. Yeah. Okay, well, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I already know Brian got some in the chamber, don't he? I ain't say nothing. No, okay, I ain't gonna hear that. <laughs> it's coming though, yeah. No. Q, yo, Q know I love it, man. So, uh, <laughs> that's oh, great, God. man. So, we're gonna get into some uh, some wrestling stuff. SummerSlam was uh, yesterday. Or, or, well, yeah, by the time we recorded, this was probably two days ago, but yeah, on Saturday. We see, you know, uh, I thought it was an overall pretty decent show. There were some issues that I was having, such as with the women's match. But I'm glad CEO Sky won the championship. I felt as though that there, there were like a little bit of botches. I felt as though the battle royal was completely useless. It was just like, hey, LA Knight, we sorry, yeah. Aren't most battle royals pretty useless at this point? Yeah. <laughs> I just feel uh, like the, the uh, concept if, if, if in it general the, is just... If it ain't the Casino Battle Royal or the Royal Rumble, it's really kind of useless. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, it's just like, especially when you be put uh, in the Battle Royal, you just be putting all kinds of jobbers in that son bitch. No, they ain't going to win there. Like, why was... I, I know O's ain't going to win this Battle Royal. I mean, if he might have, it ain't mean nothing. Now, if other was in there, it was the only night championship for him to win. Just like, hey, here, here, here's a bone. Let's keep Trisha no Becky on. on it. Let's keep Trisha Becky on there and let's just get Dolan at a bone. Yeah. So, but let me talk to you. The biggest story coming out of SummerSlam was the, the fact that Jimmy Uso turned on his brother Jay Uso. Now, we did a live stream about it and we was talking about it, but. We did not get a chance to talk to Pryor, who did not get a chance to join us for the live stream. And Pryor, real quick, I just want to get your thoughts real quick of how did you feel about that main event? And I'm and then I slept on it, and I and I kind of want to share how I feel about it and where I actually think WWE may have messed up. Mm, okay, well, I honestly have no problem with it. Uh, I think though it's going to lead to a instead of. The Usos fighting each other, they might. I feel like it might go to like a fatal four way type of thing. Like because, Roman Solo Usos. Yeah, because even at the end, Solo was like he was conflicted, and then Roman is just Roman, and then Jimmy and Jay. I don't think Jay necessarily sides with Roman. Yeah. But I don't think he he like I don't think he has a side. He just don't want Jimmy Jay to win. So. Yeah. See. I, I was thinking that, but then I was sleeping on. It. I woke. Up, I was like, "Wait a minute, we got some, we got some holes here in this house." Yeah, I was. Right. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> if you see your point of mouth. So I was like, hey, 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 "We know Jimmy know about that." I was saying so. <laughs> Not Naomi. No, I'm sure there were plenty before her, though. Oh yeah, no. Okay. They would like, kick the shit out of him. Like, like them legs get that high. Oh, God. But I was sitting thinking about it. I was like, you know, all the twists and turns that that's happening with the bloodline, I was like, for them to, to, to turn the brothers on each other, look, look at the brother rivalries that we've had in WWE. 
Brett is Edge on. Christian. Huh? Edge and Christian. Let's talk legit here. Uh, Brett and Owen worked where Jeff and Matt did. I mean, you could if you want to talk about play play siblings. Uh, you had the Edge and Christian. You had the Kane and Undertaker. But when it came to like, like you know real, real brother. Uh, hold on, you said Kane and who? Undertaker. Who? I'm don't, not doing this. Don't. Come on, you gotta say it. I'm not gonna say it. Couple you already got him once, man. No, I'm not doing you this. You gotta say the Undertaker. Yeah, so no, see, 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 no, no, I'm not, I'm, I ain't doing this. You, you, you got me. The Undertaker. Shame on me. Food trash. Yeah. So, uh, brother feuds. Even now, if you go down outside WWE to like J and Mark Briscoe, they had a good feud. But it, it makes sense that it, it ended up being, becoming a tag team again afterwards. So my thing is, Brother Feuds is hit hit or miss at WWE, especially with the way his book. And I'm like, now it's like uh, we're just treading water because right now the stuff with the bloodlines getting kind of redundant. For sure, getting redundant, and allegedly Roman's not um, supposed to be at any shows for the next few months. Allegedly, I don't know how true that is. But I'm just like, y'all, at this point, can we just wrap this shit up, B? Like, how many iterations of this bloodline storyline we gonna get? Do you and have as many iterations of the, the NWR as there are? You know she'll know that many of them. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, what happened? He says probably as many in, uh, iterations of the NWR there are. Oh, God. No, I don't know that many, but I know that there's a lot. Um, But... It, I think the thing that's like really making me be like is the fact that they gotta stretch it all the way, it's seemingly to WrestleMania next year. Mm-hmm. Bro, that is looks at skin watch. That is like eight months away. Yeah, see, even though I they turn the a positive is they showed and Lesnar endorsed that Cody is the man in this company. That's what happened after his match uh, between him and Brock, which I think... Allegedly, that was off script. Allegedly. I mean... I'm going to just keep saying allegedly, because I don't know... I, I, I ain't got to keep saying allegedly when it comes to Brock Lesnar. It's just Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar going to do what Brock Lesnar going to do. So, however, I still think that maybe even looking at it, even having Cody gained more sympathy and now looked at as a legit threat at WrestleMania 40, I still think maybe you should have took the title off Roman at 39. It would have been... I think that would have made sense. You that could, you could still do home. this whole story like that y'all did, but you know, all the twists and turns, you don't have to do any of this stuff. Because now it's like, okay, what is Jimmy's reasoning for this? Because it, it would be stupid to go back to the bloodline. No, they, I don't think they're going back to the bloodline. I think what's going to happen is, and I don't need the wrestling novice to take a crack at it. I think that it's going to be a thing where he is upset because he was supposed to be next, but then Jay ended up um, being put in that spot, and now he looks like the more likely contender to get the belts. 
we gonna get a promo about how he had to share everything all his life because they've been twins and we've been stuck together i want to be my my by myself watch i just feel like i feel it coming honestly if they want to be real jacob be like if you weren't drinking you know what i'm saying then uh that could, they could I wouldn't have been main event Jey Uso. He, he got to come back like from Carlos. I've been seeing a lot of wild now. You know what I'm saying? Your ass ain't been drinking. <laughs> you, you, not, nobody can see the roast head. Yeah, but I, I mean, I can see that being a thing. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, feel like we're going to get first. Jimmy's gonna come out be like, man, I'm tired of having to share with you. What you having that problem? I'm say, you know what would be dope is if they did the same thing that they did with New Day, but with each other. Oh, 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 roast each other. Oh, mm-hmm. that, that, that will be fun. As that. long as Jake come out with and the roast head, we good. And Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman is the uh, MC. Stop this. Please, no. <laughs> but it's like, okay. I just, that's, that's what I think could happen. I mean, you're not that far off. I don't know, but I don't, I don't know wrestling as well as you all do. But that's why I see this going because of what else? Uh, I'll tell you this. Wrestling, a brother versus brother, it's a coin flip. And I, I when it comes to the Usos, I see that joke. Well, they have good matches, yes, but I'm like, to, to, to me, this seems like a one month September payback type thing. And then October, and it's like, oh, God, well, how, I, they, how? They already said they want to fight at Mania. Who? The Usos. No, they didn't. You a lie. So that's going to be a lot of white in that ring. You stupid. They said they want to fight at Mania, but it's like, when they close to retire, so that's that's the only reason that. Yeah, but right now, I, I as 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 messed up as in tag teams that we got, we don't necessarily need the end of the Usos, which is one of the best tag teams they got. An actual tag team. And right now, it's just like we got to keep on from losing the title. And I'm like, if Cody well, had just won, if Cody well, had just won, I'm, I'm sitting there trying to look at myself like if Cody had won at 39. How much would have changed? He still would have feuded with Brock. He still would have been the champion. Okay, like how much of that would have actually changed? And then he beats Brock. Brock endorses him. Cody is now the man. Going like you can give him the, the, uh, other feuds because see now I look at it and Cody going around telling everybody uh, we're back on the path in in August. <laughs> It's a long road ahead, baby. I'm about to say, Cody, you about to be walking longer than you was in that desert in your documentary. Bro, listen, ain't him. Are we talking about the uh, Jodeci Cry For You uh, documentary? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, because I think probably to hear I'm about sorry. this. I'm sorry. Is that Feenan or Cry For You? Oh, for, you got they be me. in the They be in the in, desert. In the desert? Um, a lot. I think that's Cry For You. Okay. Cody was in the desert in his documentary. I'm sorry if you're not catching the reference. He was just walking. So, um, uh, who's I say? So now I'm sitting thinking like, okay, now what's Cody's next thing? Why go on to Seth Rollins and go for that? You know the here Negro Dam title when he just got endorsed by Brock Lesnar. No, you don't, he can't, don't go for that because Damian Priest gonna have to go for that. I, that's what I'm saying. So I'm like, so what? What is it left for now? Cody got to trade water. Absolutely. And I'm like, this, this is gonna be a long builder because right now, uh, 
there's no reason why Cody should lose again at, at, at Mania. And now he, he, we gotta hope he don't get injured again. How many? How how long is this break that Roman would have take that y'all was just like you gonna be the champion for two thousand five hundred days? Like it's going on. Is he gonna be going for years? Like what's happening? I, I think Roman is going to be there until Survivor Series and you know uh, come back to promote that. Then whatever you know, December is Christmas time. I got fed. I mean, after he and, drops the title, the the rumor is that he wants to take a break. I, I mean. This has not been a very eventful title run, my guy. But whatever. Uh-huh. He want to take a break. Cool. I get it. Your wife is at home with your gaggle of children. So help her. <laughs> a gaggle is insane. Because <laughs> it's definitely like, what, six? It's a lot. They got multiple sets of twins. Stop knocking this lady up. Anyway. Um. um again? I just... I'm like, bro, I'm sorry. This this is a side note. If you know that your family is prone to twins, please let this woman take a break. Especially there, you know there. Uh-huh. Especially if you're not going to be there. I mean, that is one of his slogans. What happened? That's one of his slogans. Oh, my God. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Smash. That's not what we're talking about. I'm just saying. <laughs> how long is he trying to be good? How long? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the also, the house party marathon. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Because this is getting ridiculous. So, you really don't see it. Because all, all I see is like, you know, I see what they said she's going to say. They're going to talk probably about, about him being just like, yo, you was that close. I don't. I ain't ready for you to see that. I was like, but, bruh, what was the point of you, be kick, you know, kicking Roman Reigns in the first place? For y'all to be a tag team forever? You knew how it was going to go. I mean, well, they're not the street prophets, so it's it's like. Oh no, I talk about them a little bit later. I'm talking about the fact that if one go, if they decide they want to have singles runs, let them go, and they'll come back together at some point, and they'll both be fine. You got? Let me not. I'm, I was gonna say yeah, something that wasn't nice. You knew. Leave him alone. You knew what I was about to say. Yeah, leave him alone. I've told you, um, Angelo and Trick gonna have to get together and do a tag team called the Number Two. Yo, stop doing this! <laughs> stop doing this right now. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. It just is this. This is sit right with me, which I really do feel as though that this is now going to become very, very stagnant going into the fall. Maybe that they can think of. Maybe they can think of something um, to have them you know, keep treading water and do something involving Solo. But right now, when you still got those four different components in the storyline, the stuff is going to get stagnant. Very, very stagnant to the point now, people's like, okay, even on a regular show, I need to see Roman lose. Something. Now, once we get into Royal Rumble season, obviously, it could be like, hey, Royal Rumble, Cody's like, I'm coming for my championship. Like, you know that, Roman, I'm coming for my championship. It can, it can be a thing, and then you can focus you can focus a whole Cody program from Royal Rumble to Mania, whereas at WrestleMania 39, you only had eight weeks to build that whole rivalry when they never even saw each other. This time, you have a whole year built, and you can focus more on Roman and Cody come January. 
Once we get to January, I'm not worried because they always do WrestleMania season pretty decent, depending on what you were talking about. But it's from now to December is what I'm really, really worried about. I mean, I feel like you're rightfully worried. I don't know where this is going. Yeah. That's a lot to be worried about. Um, so, go, uh, moving on real quick. It's looking like we got some unfortunate news about Big E. Uh, about his neck injury. And even though Big E has said he's been doing fine, uh, it is said that uh, the doctors do not recommend that he rushes again. And that fucking sucks. Are oh, you sure it's not k Because you know that's all wrestling is now. Dude. No. Uh, <laughs> did, did, uh, he on one today, day, huh? It, it is. I'm but, just, you know how many times, come on now. Now, 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 now Edge, Edge, Edge was told if he, if he moved wrong, but he could die. They definitely did. They played that joint up. Same thing with, uh, what's her face? Paige. Um, her, Nikki Bella. Well, we already knew that that one right for Paige because she was doing. You you can't take moves like that and then never. Mind. It is. I, I mean, I I do believe that after some after some years, I said it with Edge, Daniel Bryan, Paige, that they after the years and things have healed differently and they have gone on with their lives. And Edge like hurled over a, a, a bike and lived. He was just like, oh okay, maybe I can try this out. I I don't think. The now, open. just in hindsight, what if he did would have died right there? That would be crazy. Right? That would have been very terrible. Yes, crazy. Like, if, if that happened, but that was the rebirth of age right there. And I was just like, okay, I do think. I'm sorry, that, what was the rebirth of age? With him and Sheamus. Oh, Edge was on Sheamus's like show, uh-huh. and him yeah. and Sheamus went like bike riding in like the woods, the random woods, and like Edge like. Tripped over a log and fell over like did like a front flip over his bike. Over and his he bike, got, he, he was, was like, like, "Oh, I live. I'm okay. <laughs> I took a bump. Okay. And next thing you know, and, and right after that, you cut away. Oh, this day. exactly. Basically, literally, basically, like right, right after that happened, he came back like what, like he came back in the house like four or five months later. So because like, right. Edge, Edge, like somebody, he still got a phone book in his house, and he like, hey, yo. <laughs> He is elderly. Yeah. Okay. Well, he look. He still got a house phone. Like, what yeah. they, like, they definitely have a landline. Landlines. They for sure have a landline in case of emergency. Yeah, I'm about to say living in the woods up there by yourself. You damn right you got a landline. Call. You know, says that directed right to the cops out there, bottom of the hill. That's wild. I. I mean, I think it's really unfortunate that his career, his in-ring career could be over. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him having a future doing commentary, but that still sucks. As of right now, I think that they, they may be trying to find like a backstage role for him or, 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 or something for him to do. Somebody find something for him to do. Can you imagine? I'll be, I'd like I said those, I'd be pissed if some dude in some booty shorts ended my career. Look, I mean, this is wrestling. This, 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 this That's the nature happen. of the business. It's the nature of the business. However, it's just very unfortunate. But I'm just saying, because, you know, with all the good stories like Edge, Page, and Dale Bryant, there are some of the bad stories like Jason Jordan. You know. You know I forgot all about Kurt Angle's black son. My black son. 
my blessing. I am so fantastic, George. Okay, yes. I know. I honest. I'm not even being funny. I really forgot about him. Uh-huh. He just be in the back and just duck. So they trying to be doing like you know breakups or something like that. They got to break everything up. Then that's when you see Jason Jordan and, and Jamie Noble and all them come out. Man. All the producers and stuff like that. I was like, man, Jason Jordan, man. They really Damn. just they be hanging on the folks and they be in the back hiding in the uh, in the crafty when they be. Julia randomly come out. It, and they be and they be randomly coming out. You damn skippy. That's just uh. Very fortunate. It's it's very unfortunate to hear that kind of news. I don't, especially with somebody who's such beloved like Biggie is. Yeah. You know, it's just it, it's it's very very heartbreaking. I hope one day if he wants to come back, which I'm sure he probably does, he'll get it together and he'll be able to have an, another little run. But safety first. You don't want nobody. You're right. Going back before they should. Because right now, who's going on these runs? Did you see SmackDown on Friday? Did you see the new and improved Street Profits? I did not. Should I go look them up? Well, no, they just they came. They look the same. <laughs> what did he say? He said they look the same. I'm going to go look. They, they, the, there was a tag team match with the Brawling Brutes versus the OC. You knew there was an angle happening when you got the OC in a tag match. <laughs> Prime my line. No comment. No comment. Now you want to do no comment. So stop it. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. They do look the same. Relax, okay. And after the match, the night after the match, during the match, the street Pros came down and beat up both of them, both teams. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you ain't tell me that Bobby Lashley had on a cardigan suit jacket. <laughs> Pull that boy. <laughs> They told you talk about that. Bob, Bobby was clean. Angel Dawkins look like a KNG mannequin. <laughs> and Montez Ford looked like us in 2006 at the club in his business casual wear. Yeah, now I'm going to say their suits was look like they, they need the suits need work. You mean the profit suits, right? Yes, like uh, Bobby been there before, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dawkins was like, uh, I was like, oh. He oh like a, he looked like uh, so, some truck turn. He looked like an associate pastor. <laughs> this is associate pastor. This is our guest preacher. <coughs> yeah, look, he busy for the day. Yeah, he just there for the day. <laughs> but um, but Montez Ford for sure. He looked like he about to go swag surf and be covered in sweat when he get out the club. Circa uh, early aughts when we yeah. were clubbing, looking like we was going on job interviews for sure. Well, they, they beat them down. And the crowd, because obviously, like I said, because the OCs are faces, and so are the brawling brutes. And they got cheered for getting their ass beat. Because that's a hill shit to do. Then Bobby come out, and they start going cr- crazy, start cheering for Bobby. I think people are really excited to see the Hurt Business come back. A new faction with the blacks. <laughs> that's me. Kill it. Kill it. <laughs> Kill it now. Oh, God. <laughs> so, it's like, that voice. Where's my number to Brock? I'm like, but hey, I don't know what's going on, but something is brewing. We know. We know. And Bobby has already been very vocal about how he wants to bring back the Hurt Business. I mean, how did he say it? He not wrong. How did he say it? He said, yeah. I'd be going to them every single day. It seems like it's factual. Nah, that, that ain't how he said it. 
prior don't do this right now to Bobby. <laughs> what did he say? He be making fun of Bobby's voice. Bobby, Bobby's voice does not necessarily fit his body. I'm just saying it's like he got a list where like he don't acknowledge it. <laughs> okay, see, I wasn't even talking about that. He just seems more like he ain't got that Cody strong list because Cody got a strong list. Oh yeah. No, Cody, you can tell this list in his like the way his mouth looks. God. But Bobby, you know, and what you got to come to him attack him. I just, I meant Bobby. Just he, he sounds so pleasant and nice, and then you see him and you like, that's a big mf'er. That's that's a big motherfucker right there. Yeah. You know, who I'm can like, hurt? Oh. Who can legit hurt you? You sounded like a pleasant, like PTA president when I talked to you on the phone. Yeah. And who is this? Big Negro. Exactly like you know, like 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 Bobby in, in like in, in the front lines with like John Lewis for a nonviolent protest until you slap. And then he put the hurt lock on. You know what I'm saying? But he it, like they, they were really hype for Bobby. It's like they really are thirsting for something new with Bobby Lashley. Which I can't blame them. Now I know there was a rumors of talking about of trying to do, do a mellow and trick Williams to be part of this group also. Because I Well, I, I, that's not what I have. I think one of them. I think Trick will join. I think that's what Lacey was saying too, because Trick and, and Melo kind of went their separate ways on NXT. Yeah. This past week, and Trick could be a good mouthpiece because I, I do I think. I guess they do need a mouthpiece, but I would rather see with Carmelo. Or they could just add MVP and Omos. Whoa. No. Whoa. Leave him, leave him over there. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I, I'm convinced. Omos can stay across the street. Omos don't got to do nothing but beat people up. I mean, he's not No matches. No that? matches. Just just, just get there, do the double choke slam and that's it. Or clobber him. That's it. He said Omos got to do is just beat people up. This is true. He could just beat a muscle. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. <laughs> How you going to beat a muscle with Bobby Lashley? <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I guess. The enforcer, I don't know. I'm about to say like you, you was a total like like you blocked the door, but Bobby make sure this motherfucker don't get in the door, like cause it, Bobby is like the payless version of Brock Lesnar. Can we not? And I'm just no because can we not? because though, listen, payless got some good quality shoes. Hey yo, no, 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 no we, be, listen, we not, we are not equating Bobby Lashley to airwalks, okay? Uh, we not doing that. I'm just saying, but it's like because it's like. Bobby and Brock did UFC. Bobby did Bellator, but they they, but they still legit fighters. You know, like, could they, we they, at they, least could we bring up the quality of Notch and be like, this is sex, this is Macy's or something? Okay, not Payless. Like, <laughs> damn, Payless without a business. Come on. Quadro's here by this baby because he were hurt. See, but. Okay, but I get what you're saying though. But he, um, he was like a legit badass. But I, I do think Triple H was just like when he was talking to Bobby, and they was like trying to start earlier before Vince came through the weeds. It was like let's try to get it back. But then I, he, he probably looked like, hold on, the Cedric and Shelton thing is not convincing. The same thing Prime was saying. He was just like Shelton and Cedric are just jobbers, and all That's of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're trying to start building them get get some wins. It's like. Okay, and you bring them back, but we already seen that version of her business get destroyed by Goldberg in his fifties. 
Can we at least bring Shelton back? I be feeling bad for Shelton. Y'all ain't never doing him but, right. Man, but right now it's like, but what if you do a younger, fresher her business? <laughs> He's like the new and improved. I mean, younger with Bobby Lashley in the group is oh, I mean, but, but, yeah, but like <laughs> that's why I said new and improved. MVP and Omos, I don't know if it works for what this new version of the group is going to be. That's why I think maybe Trick Williams does come in just to be a mouthpiece. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it would have been crazy if Leo Rush was a free agent. He would have got him back. Oh, 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 God. So he could be the mouthpiece? Let me tell you something. Okay. If Truck Williams make it up here, even as a mouthpiece before Carmelo Hayes, I want to throw hands. Stop. I want to throw hands. At one point, uh, they had Abraham Washington on the. Uh, I remember <laughs> Abraham Washington. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm going to ask Lady Sketch. Lady Sketch, what do you think got Abraham Washington fired? I, I don't he's a commentator who he had a live mic when he would uh comment when he would when his wrestlers would wrestle. Yeah, he used to man. I can't. He, he not gonna say the group they managed, but yeah, he had the he had the little mouthpiece mic, so he had to hold the mic. He was just talking in the mic. Oh no! Did but, he call somebody the N word? No, but no. basically, close. A black guy. <laughs> that it don't matter. So, but uh, so was Booker T. <laughs> Oh. But we coming for you. It's infamous. No, he um, <laughs> he said. <laughs> Should I? Can I say the line? Is that like bad? No. Like, can I even say? It? No, you can go ahead. Okay. So he, he was managing Titus O'Neil and Darren Young, and he was like, "Oh no, Titus O'Neil is like Kobe Bryant in a Colorado uh, hotel room. He's unstoppable." <laughs> Axe the next day. No, he got axe as soon as he walked backstage. Oh, he was, that's right. Oh my god. He came back. He walking. Why <laughs> would you say that? I think it was in Colorado. I think it was right. in Colorado when he said yeah, that. Yeah. It don't matter where he was. And guess what? We ain't heard from Abraham he Washington been again. In the hotel lobby <laughs> where it happened. For all I can. Why would you say that? And then to lie because Titus O'Neil was quite stoppable. <laughs> Yeah, at that time, we didn't no, know that. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> at, at that time, we didn't know that. He right. This man. <laughs> Don't. Look at this. Look at you made that tacky joke, and now you probably folding soft lines at Target. What's <laughs> going on? Boy. Why would you say that? I ain't gonna lie though. When I first heard it, I was dying laughing for like I had. A, I kept replaying it. Yes. That's horrible. There's many moments that that I replay over and over. I've replayed that, and I replayed the uh, the, uh, the the what is his name? The Ball episode. <laughs> when he was oh wait, oh, oh he, he ran after the ring and all that stuff. Yeah, and he yes, 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 was yes. like, get that, yeah. I, I replayed really that. Hated over. that episode. I hated it. I hate the balls. Did I you? mean, fair. Mine's Lonzo on my team. Other than that, yeah. Did I that. mean. At this point, who cares? <laughs> like, who cares anymore? But, so yeah, okay. So yeah, so they, they don't have that, but uh, I can see Trick. No, Bobby, no, Bobby's is getting okay at the mic. Montez is, you know, he's been pretty good, but he's going to be the, the tag team guy or the guy that breaks out and takes over. But uh, I do see like, hey, 
It's a fresh enough for the Street Profits. It gives Bobby back on TV, which the fans have shown that they love. And I, I think it's going to be really hard to hate this group. Angelo Dawkins. And there has been a reason. I didn't mean to cut you off. There has been a reason why Melo and Trick has been on the main roster audience for like three weeks straight. Like I know y'all, I know y'all haven't been watching Raws and Smackdowns, but especially on Raw, they just be Trick Williams and Carmelo. They just be sitting in a ringside like like this is an NXT pay per view. And even even one point feeder with Finn Balor. So there's reasons that there's always been most after you. What you say? I said they lost that feud. They did, but I'm saying, but there's always because that's what uh uh Dan Priest got mad at uh Trick Williams. He said, "Hold on there, there Priest." You, you you see your mouth writing checks that your ass can't cash. He said, what you say to me? <laughs> that stuff started going viral, boy. That was hilarious. <coughs> Last week, AEW had their 200 episode. But the week before that, uh, I was watching AEW, and there was this one person in the audience that had this sign that said, Book the women's division better. Okay. That's all the signs say. The fact that they don't be taking signs over there, they ain't, yeah. called, they ain't got hit to the game yet. So, what happened is, recently, there was this, this wrestler by the name of Lefisto, mm-hmm. who uh, became an indie wrestler. She's actually had some matches with Dark, uh, or AEW Dark, and things like that. And she decided to, uh, or in July... 27th she sent out a tweet that read this it said it's cute how people blame booking for a bad women's division talent with too much power talent uh, degrading each other talent trash talking uh, potential employees so they never get in as soon as they walk in it starts here the only one the, the one you call effing French Canadian asshole People on Max are assuming, like, well, is she talking about Britt Baker? Is she talking about. Like, Allegedly, that was Goldust. Okay, they well, call her, that said all French Canadians are assholes. Yeah. Allegedly. So, uh, then it, it caused, it started causing, you know, a lot of people. We know how these things happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, then she decides to go, she has an interview uh, on Fightful. Fightful.com to clarify her tweet and detail her AEW experience. And I want to read what it has here. I don't know where to start, but it's really something that has been bothering me for a while. It's been over a year that I had that dark match at AEW. There are so many things that happened that night. Things that I heard from other women that are working there, that had tryouts there, that were extras as well as men who are currently employed. Of course, I know people want names and everything, but I'm not willing to give the names of people involved in my story. But of course, if anybody did confide in me in something, I can share the story. But out of respect, I'm not going to share the name of someone who doesn't want to lose the job basically, or is looking for a job. Basically, just, just if, if you pay me enough, I'll tell you. Yeah, they they trusted me enough to say you you can tell it, but not the name. I'm I'm not going to do it. Where to start? So, she talks about some events that 
took place. Uh, so start talking talk, talk to fans back in April 6, 2022. They had some tapings in Boston. And she worked a uh, dark elevation match. For those who don't know, AEW had two YouTube shows. They had AEW Dark and they had Dark Elevation. Mm-hmm. Both of those shows are gone now. Okay, yes. No, no need for them. They got right. Oh, they got to say they have other shows on TV. Got dark it. Elevation sucks. It's not even in the same place, right? That's the one that's in. That's the one that's in Orlando. Yeah, that's 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 the one that they, 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 that's the one that was the big show was doing a commentary on. So she was backstage at the show in Orlando. I don't know if if, if uh, Atlanta or they was this right here is saying that they had some tapings in Boston, Massachusetts. So there have okay. been, okay, yeah, there have been things kind of like how if you go to a, a Raw show, how they used to tape tape main event before Raw. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them, so a lot, lot of I those know things, like for so they must have been dark because I know dark and dark elevation. One of them is like at where TNA used to be at, and then the other one is before or after Rampage. After uh, Dynamite. Dynamite. It could have been Dark Elevation because that, that was the newest show. Where yeah. Dark was the original show. But uh, she was teaming with uh, uh, Emi, uh, Sakura and The Bunny against Ruby Soho, Anna Jay, and Sky Blue. So, there's so much stuff here. There's no way I can sit there and read everything that she, she wrote or the transcripts from this whole interview. Did she? Did did you, did you read the whole tweet? Because I feel like there was another. There's a follow up tweet. Because I I have to go. I'm gonna go and see if I can find uh-huh. um all of the women who responded. Well, Let's now see. the, the woman that responded responded after the interview that was posted on Fightful. Mm-hmm. Basically, coming at her for 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 the thing she said. Uh. She does mention that her Ruby Soho had had, had uh, a couple of matches back in the Indies, and then all of a sudden there has been, you know, a little bit of beef between them. She felt as though that uh, when they was going over their match, she heard her talking to uh, Dustin Reynolds, who you know is Gold Dust, mm-hmm. or you know Dustin Rhodes, how mm-hmm. you want to put it. Uh, with it, around, around when she was in the bathroom, but then when she came out, they stopped talking, and then Ruby left. And then uh, Dustin came up with the whole French Canadian c- comment. Yeah. Uh, along those lines, and she basically in this interview uh, was talking about her experience in the back of the locker room. Yeah. Of how they got these factions, they got these cliques, and there's these, these, these politics, and how uh, Ruby Soho. Maybe she had, could, could be like a locker room leader back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, was not making it any easy, easy uh, for her back there. Um, even even this part right here, she says, "I'm going in to meet Sean Dean. Really nice guy. They give me a pass. The extras, uh, the extras change in the shower where the women were. I'm sitting around waiting. I really want to meet Tony Khan. That's the thing. The match is cool, but I really want to meet Tony because of." coaching job the first person I see is the bunny I say hi she looked at me what are you doing here I'm hoping to get something she, she goes away comes back a bit later and asks me the same question I hope to have a coaching job it's a little chaotic people are running around I go into the ladies locker room in silence there is Ruby 
Bunny and Tony, Tony Storm, sitting together on one side. They look at me, no words. And it feels really weird. I see Mercedes Martinez, happy to see me. Jay Cargill is doing her thing. The young girls, every everyone is separated. I get the same question. What are you doing here? I got the call to be an extra and meet with Tony. For uh, From there, I don't know. It doesn't feel good right away. I see QT. QT Marshall. When, I'm, when, when am I going to meet Tony? I don't know. He's busy. Walk walk around, mingle. Real I quick. Huh? Real quick. Yeah, real go quick, ahead. Real quick. I don't know this story. I don't know how this is. I'm just saying right now, I don't see the problem at the moment. I mean, I think she's just saying that she felt uncomfortable. It, I don't think that there was anything that happened. Well, no, because honestly, with, with her experience of how she talks about how cold the, the uh, locker room was, or uh, when she talks about uh, she was there, there was a point where she was trying to go for a try for WWE and Ruby saw from being over there, called over there to talk about how bad of a person she is to kind of try to sabotage her her trying to get some kind of spot over in WWE uh, she she put that out there uh, she uh, she talks about like I'm going down to try to pull out the actual because I didn't have time to pull out all the very important stuff that was uh, part, part of this transcript because it's a full or a transcript from that podcast, which or that interview, which is about an hour long, mm-hmm. that that happened. Um, but when she she does talk about she, when she walks around. She uh, talked to Mark Henry. She met Dusty Rose, Christian. He talked about me and train with his daughter. By the time it's really it's almost five, I go to see Mercedes. Uh, do we know what we're doing? What's going on? She was like, we always know at the last minute. Time goes by. I see the card. And the first wrestler who said they wanted to wrestle me, she said they won't let me. That sucks because I really like her. And I end up in a six-woman, and they kept cutting our tie. I see people complaining everywhere because they're not on the card. They they came to Boston. They're not wrestling. It's really chaotic. So right now, what some of the things that she's talking about is basically how chaotic or how... uh, the women are not getting much respect in the back and let's just be real here I do not personally think from just watching the shows that Tony Khan cares about women's wrestling I don't think think it's a priority to him I don't think that many people care about women's wrestling period that is I can agree with that if we're just being frank in most promotions in the universes of like fandom I don't think a lot of people care about women's wrestling Women could be legit wrestlers. Women could be divas. Either way, people don't care. Yeah. It's unfortunate because it's a lot of women out here who are great at what they do. And just folks don't be fucking with women's sports, period. For real, for real. And it's trash. Uh-huh. But to kind of sum the, 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 this whole thing up, and she talks about how... The match was cut. The, the, the six women's match was cut, and how, uh, you know, the different things that she had to go through during the matchup and things like that, and uh, how she still was like 
right here in the back after the match, she's still waiting to see Tony Khan. She's like, I, I changed. I'm waiting. Uh, there is, uh, there is still Tony. Uh, the match forgot about. Uh, you're here for coaching. I go to wrestle. I never know for a few years, and he's like, so how was it? It was short. Yeah, they don't really watch our matches here. I've been doing uh, Chris Benoit moves for the past month, and no one even knows. They don't care. Where's the structure? And pretty much do what you want. I'm not saying that in a good way. I sit down, watch the show, and I wait. I see Sammy Guevara with his girlfriend. They were going out to the car before coming back. And it's chaotic and there is literally people sitting at one point and they talk shit to each other. I'm fucking I, I'm with fucking children. Now, we've heard women come out before and say stuff like this. That was the first thing I was gonna say. Cause yeah. y'all was definitely giving Big Swole all the smoke yeah. because y'all didn't like her. Yeah. And, and like told said, her she was lying and blowing the shit out of proportion and blah 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 blah. And she has said something about the structure and the clicks in the bank. Dunder Rosa came out and said something about the structure and the clicks on the bank because they, they her and Britt Breaker was having that little beef uh for a while, was it uh last year, I think it was, or maybe in twenty twenty one, I'm not necessarily sure the year, I think it was last year. Uh, when that was going on, especially when she had her little run with the uh, with the AW Women's Championship, and now we're, we're here. So, when this interview is done, it don't take. Uh, uh, I think the next day, it's like Tony Khan says out the firing squad. Sure did. Because everybody from the AEW locker room starts tweeting out conventionally at like the same time about AEW has, you know, respected locker room in the back. They are, uh, when it comes to our women, we talk and we help each other out. Ty Muller comes out and says, you know, she she's at a high-risk pregnancy, and they make her feel very comfortable in the back, which got nothing to do with the problem that we're talking about right here. Also, did she come out and say she was pregnant already? Or have I just not been caring? Yeah, not been caring. She's, okay. big, like, she's big now. Yeah, okay, she, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, it looked a lot like damage control. It looked like we got a bad review. All y'all go on Yelp and say something nice. Y'all, yeah. everybody go on Glassdoor and say that that employee that we fired was lying. It like that's what it looked like. Yeah, and it looks like that she is uh, like on the on the verge of getting blackballed because of her speaking out about the issues that's been going on in AEW. Now, for me personally, and like I said, there are better breakdowns of this situation with a lot of other uh, wrestling journalists and podcasters and stuff like that because we are not breaking it down to the fullness of tea. And I'm sitting there saying that I have not pulled, you know, everything from the transcript that I have should have pulled. But I'm just going to let anybody know that right now. But to give my opinion on the gist of the things that's going on, I do think there is issues back there in that locker room. And Tony Khan don't like criticism at all. I think they want to make it look... They're all about appearances. They're all about the optics of... I mean, but who is it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes, yeah. and that's how it usually looks, especially in a corporate environment. You don't want it getting out that it's a um, 
a hostile work environment or it's not a happy place to work nobody is going to like no company is going to have some everybody be happy however if there are fundamental issues with your company culture that's a different story yeah so uh now now prime as you know we watch aw we watch a lot, a lot of wrestling stuff like that what is your necessarily take like do you feel as though tony khan in the back is not being fair to the woman because you know i have heard you mention before a lot of times of how he has booked his you know women's champions uh i will say i don't i think he he doesn't see it as a priority but as far as her day uh in AEW, i'm not to me that that don't sound as hateful probably somebody who's like backstage like, that don't sound bad to me maybe just because i know what goes on in, in some instances but i i don't know like to me right now it kind of don't sound bad in my opinion other than the the, the, the matching cut short other than that nothing sounds out of the ordinary to me i do know that once again i have not had all of the except you know the facts of those pulled up right in front of me I can go through the. I finally found like the tweets and stuff. Okay. But this, this, this is my just my humble opinion. I feel like going into a new environment where you don't know anyone in any situation mm-hmm. more than likely is going to be cold, and it's going to seem like people are in clicks. That's just how, unfortunately, how life works. Yeah. yeah. Um. However, talking about how like the structure of women's wrestling over there and how there's not much um, care or thought put into it is problematic. Now, depending on um, if you've only been there for one day, do you really know what's, what's going on? But if what she's saying is true and the, she's hearing from people who work here all the time like this is their primary promotion and they're saying oh well you know we don't get no time girl they don't care about us that's a different story <laughs> well it depends on who it is now so and that's what she's not gonna say but cause I'm saying like if it's like you know if it's like somebody that's high up I, I would get it if it's like somebody like out the bunny I'm like I don't obviously know. you're not obviously you're not gonna be on the card. That's why you're obviously your matches get cut short. So But I also this is one thing. I feel like we're skipping over the part where they're just like they don't care about what we do out there. They tell us where how when our match is coming up five minutes before it happens and then nobody watches the match um and and we go on about our day. That's the problem. That's yeah, I think that's I, I I think even though I, I'm not trying to, you know, I feel like that's just for certain people because I'm gonna be honest. Like some matches, I do feel like in AEW, Dark and all them, I feel like he just has matches just to have women on the show because they're like Emmy Sakura, like Billy Starks. I don't know, nobody. People know who they are, but like they don't. They not for the get no job. One for like I don't. They not for the get no full time AEW contract. So it's but, like uh, yeah, but, but uh, even even with that though. But look at the 
the state of the women's division now. Yes, yes. Like even looking at it now, it's like where's Red Velvet? Where's where's Layla Hirsch? Where is Layla Hirsch just came back? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, like, where where are some of these? I I barely see Nia Rose. Where's Rio? Well, see, and because Nyla Rose is <coughs> one of the people who uh, tweeted. So, here's the thing. Taya Valkyrie, which was which is odd to me, right? Because uh. she definitely just came out. I don't I don't have a link to the article or anything or like the transcripts from the interview. But she definitely came out and talked about how she had been bullied and people talk about how she was fat and why she rests and she can't wrestle and all. And I just can't imagine if you literally just talked about that last week that whether you agreed or not, unless it's like I want to, I want this to look good because I want to keep my job I just got. Why would you come out and kick somebody while they down? It just the experience they had. So let's see. She said this narrative that all the AEW women hate each other is quite frankly annoying. I've been there for five months and everyone from the second I walked in that building has been nothing but supportive, hyping each other up and badass. Stop pinning women against each other. It's getting old. Now, again. She did say it was clicky. There was some, you know, backstage politics and all that. But again, none of these things address the core issue of the workplace culture around women's wrestling. It's all, but we like each other. We love each other. That's that. Yeah. Is what I'm getting from these tweets. And then um, uh, Sammy Guevara's, uh, what is she? Wife, baby mama. I'm not sure. Wife. 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 Okay. And then she retweeted that and said, "All this, all of this. I never saw a group like ours. It makes me sad that people try to say shit they don't know anything about. Keep talking because we will keep working hard and shining." Um, Renee Young was like, "We have an incredible women's division that I know what I said. They all look out for and support each other. I've never seen." I've never seen it be anything other than a safe space for a bunch of kick-ass women that all want to see each other and all of AEW shine to their full potential. Women hating women is a real dusty take. Um, Madison Rain. Oh, Lord. That's, that's probably every girl. Every Wednesday, I leave my daughter and husband and get on a plane. Every Wednesday, I fly somewhere hundreds of miles away from my dad. Who, about Josh Matthews? Who is back? This, this is my thing. I was like, he... This had to be, and this is no shade to her yeah. tweet because I don't uh, want it to seem like I'm taking it lightly that, that she's going through this uh-huh. personally. But she says, every Wednesday I leave my daughter and husband and get on a plane. Every Wednesday I fly somewhere hundreds of miles away from my dad who is battling stage four cancer. And every Wednesday I walk into a locker room full of women who motivate, uplift, and genuinely enjoy one another. <laughs> what? Anyway, <laughs> I just I feel like did you did did you put that in there so people would be like, oh, that's a shame. That that doesn't seem to have anything to do with the. It's 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 almost like the thing like when when you're trying to make excuses like say we are trying to tell the slave that they're enslaved. You know, the 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 top is Tony Khan. He lists all the jobs that he do. 
but this is his responsibility and first of all that if any woman if any woman at all is feeling like they are being attacked or they don't feel comfortable or there is just some kind of politicking that's happening towards them and if this is your locker room you gotta maintain that this is not happening or you gotta go let people know that hey instead of trying to blackball them or the people that stand up you send you send them home uh i didn't hear reports about that the, the, uh, the ones that had something to say or you know or the stand up when we when they were doing these meetings they were sent home mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying because you know you know the ruffling of the feathers stuff like that if that's the kind of environment that you are that you're presenting or that you're working with then you're going to tend to not have people stand up and you're going to tell people to have, have these tweets because i do think you're missing the overall point here especially about what's going on in women's wrestling right now the aw the aw division is not even better than the knockouts division or impact right now it's just not and even though uh, i mean cut you off again even though is not doing the greatest job with the women in WWE, they I still see them more on the screen than I do the AEW women. I just this I don't know. I feel like part of this I do feel like it's person it's personal feelings because she clearly has a history with some of these women. Uh huh. Um, but another part of this is I feel like this is one of those things where you've now caught more attention to it so something that might have just died out and went away now because you sent everybody in on the attack it looks weird it could really be the most happy-go-lucky place in the back ever mm -hmm. but to have everybody who is somebody in your women's division tweeting out how it's sunshine lollipops rainbows and apple drops it just seems I don't know it's just it seems odd and no it's, and it's not going to be like that all the time it's very possible she could have just went in there uh, on, a bad, on a bad day and and did not have a great experience um, because like I said this is not like her full time job this is a, a first impression type of thing first impressions are big impressions but let me tell you as someone who went to in all girls high school there are some days when it's just like I'd rather be anywhere but here right now and it's just rough and there are other days where it's just like I, you know I really enjoy being here without the male gaze like there are some days it was, it was a pendulum but even still that still does not address the fact of the other things that were said that have been said by other people. I don't know. I just I just <coughs> feel like it's it's weird. Um, no, you, have, said, you have to keep saying I don't know. I mean, we pretty we got a pretty good idea, and this this all stems with Tony Khan, and it's something that Tony Khan is going to have to try to look at and address because first of all, no matter what's going on and, and how pleasant the locker room is. Your women are not being featured. And I guess I, I am happy that you put the women in the main event at the, the 200 episode because, you know, y'all you really do that. But, I mean, it looks like it's more of a coincidence for when all this stuff was happening. But the women do need to be featured better on your programming. And now you have three episodes of programming. 
Dynamite, Collision, and Rampage. And the women need to be showcased more. And uh, I understand some go to Ring of Honor because I'm a, it's a crime that I don't know more about Athena right now. Yeah. It's a crime. That, you know, I, I don't know much about that. But don't, that, that, kind, that kind of thing is very unfortunate. I did, I did just want to, you know, talk about that. I, I'm going to talk more about it when I get, when I read more information about it. This is something that crossed my table. I was, I was making the outline. I was like, I gotta, I gotta talk about this. I gotta say something about this and get my personal opinion about it. But there's more to it. I know. I it, this is more than just. And like I say, even with this transcript, this is just more than just a. Hey, I walked in and had a bad day at the office that day. It's more. It's it's, it's more than that. Of, of, what, of what's been going on and particularly that I want to read more of. And I'm probably on next week's podcast. I probably will come back kicking myself because I should have read more into it. No, I um, mean, I, there's really. I don't think there's a whole lot more to read into it. There's two parts of this. She didn't have a great experience in the locker room, um, and it didn't seem as if the women's wrestling was super organized when she was there. You, y'all can come to the defense of the women's locker room thing all you want. I, I don't know if anybody would be allowed to even address the infrastructure of how women's wrestling is handled over there. And I don't think anybody will. So, on Peacock, you know, we talked about... The- this guy a little bit earlier, but Peacock had a new documentary, you know, working in with the W documentary they'd be doing on A and E and stuff like that. American Nightmare, and we all know who the American Nightmare is, right? So, yeah, gold dust tattoo on the neck. Well, <laughs> yeah, and it had uh, the American Nightmare becoming Cody Rhodes. This is a whole Cody Rhodes documentary from. The from his beginnings all the way to what's going on now. And I was like, okay, so it's probably like, this is probably gonna be like a little hour documentary that it was just like, Cody, he's Dusty Rose's son. He hates Stardust. He hates Dashing. He's you know, he's American Savior now. He tore his peck. He wants a championship. It was way deeper than that. It was that with some other stuff. With some other stuff, yeah. And I was just like Oh, I was in there watching a documentary. They did mention AEW. Yeah, I was. That was a, the part that I was waiting to see because I was wondering if they was gonna mention it like by name, or they just gonna be like he went off and was in other indie promotions because they did they did throw that shit yeah. in there a little bit. Oh, well, I mean, you know, they, they, they talk about the, you know the secondary company. You know, they, they, they already got the heat already about it. But uh, me and Lady Sketch out there and checked it out, and I figured like, hey, we gonna give our review of. The new documentary from Peacock. So first off, Prime, they set the ambiance up for this really well. Cody is in his whole Cody getup with his robe on, but the robe is like ripped apart. Mm-hmm. You know, he got his arms showing. It, it, you know, it's torn at the hinges at, at the bottom. He's just like really there because he's walking through the desert. It's been more than an hour since he's been going. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the desert thing be bothering me. Exactly. Yeah. And he's walking through the desert, and throughout the whole point of the documentary, each of the milestones that happen in uh, his life, he comes across them in the desert until he finally gets to that promised land. That's what. That's how the whole theme was set up for two hours. Yep. So, 
they already acknowledged in the beginning, obviously, that he is a uh, he he has his, him and his sister uh, is oh say what. He, he he only has a sister. He don't have a brother in this uh in no, this no, no, universe. No, 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 no. What I was about we to say there. is, I was oh, say okay. that he talked about okay, of course because Dusty Rose is dead, but uh, him and his sister, you know, with his his, his mother, obviously he, he's the half brother of Goldust. Yes. Uh, of Dusty Rose, you know, they made sure about that, but they were trying to explain what his family unit was like because at this time, Goldust was you know doing his thing of being on the road and doing all other kind of stuff like that so Cody was just there admiring his dad because he said it it's it kind of sucked for uh Dustin because he got the father that was always on the road that was never there never met you know missed all the games and all the birthdays and stuff like that whereas his his version of his dad was home yes they they made sure to mention that Cody and his sister what's the sister name Teal or something like that I believe so. I think so. so. They they made sure to mention that they were lucky enough to have the nuclear family unit that Dust uh Dusty Dustin I don't know what to call him. I be wanting to call him Gold Dust, but he's not Gold Dust no more. Yeah. That Dustin didn't get. Um and of course he couldn't be in the documentary because he's currently signed with AEW. Exactly. Um but they did mention him. Yeah, and and he he was Goldust because some people may not understand, may not know that. So as he's walking, uh, you know, he he starts in. Uh, we we see different artifacts. He pulls up what was the original WWF Championship. The only did he cry? The, oh, Cody cries a lot. Exactly. I'm talking about when they seen when he seen it. No, 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 because you know he can't keep the active face on. It's when he's walking through the desert, like Jodeci. It's it's when he's doing that. But he talks about him being in high school and him being the high school prodigy. And at first, uh, you know, it was it really wasn't there that he was. Was Xavier Woods in it? Huh? Was Xavier Woods in it? Xavier Woods was in it, but I was a little upset he did not tell his story. Yeah, no, he just said that they went to rival high school. Yes, that was it. But but there's a funny story with that. That's why, cause um, I don't know if you ever heard Xavier was tell the story. Uh, maybe like in passing, cause I feel like yeah. I've heard about a story. Oh, Xavier Woods tell the story as much as Stone Cold tells the SummerSlam story with the Undertaker. Oh yeah. Uh, so it it feel free to jump in prime if I get the details wrong. So they they went to the rival schools. And uh, Xavier was really like this girl. And they all went out bowling this one night. Mm-hmm. And then he was sitting there. He was trying to, you know, get his best throw out and everything. He was trying to impress this girl. So then jock-ass Cody Rose comes in, you know, with all his friends and everything. And then uh, he, uh, doesn't he ask Xavier, do you wrestle? Like, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Picks up a bowling ball, just rolls it down, says Xavier, hits a strike. Since you see that movie. I have definitely heard part of, at least part of this yeah. story. Yeah. Had the girl at Xavier, like, go flaunt all over Cody, takes it back, and start hanging out with Cody that night. Xavier's pissed. As he should be. Because, sir, what? What you about to say, uh, Prime? 
I said, blew out. Blue, yeah. And I was just like, you know, I was like, I, I know that's not, it was, you know, it, it's a it's a little entertaining story for us, but I was like, oh man, can you tell that story again, Xavier, while we had this documentary? Because I was like, it'd be, it, it'd be funny. And the thing is, when you hear Cody was talking about it, he's like, I don't understand what Xavier was had a problem with me about. And then he said, oh, you do. You do. I'm sure he replays <coughs> that moment often and just be playing dumb. Like, I don't, I don't even remember that. Yeah. The uh, he goes and you know I said at first he doesn't really like the wrestling. The even the coach said like he only had like this little two leg takedown move where he was trying to force you out the circle. Then he started getting real athletic in it, real good into it, and uh, and he started having his dad come to shows. But then the the audience would realize like oh that's Dusty Rose's son. So he was no longer Cody. He was Dusty Rose's kid, and to, to the point where he, he would wrestle a match, and one of the parents would be like, um, "You hey, gotta beat Dusty. Dusty. Yeah. You gotta beat Dusty." And he like, "Oh, bro, I'm Cody." Also, I'm a child. Yes. <laughs> that part was funny. I was like, "Yes, he's a child. You guys are weird." Yeah. Uh, then, uh, real, real, real quick, real yeah. quick, since we talk about Cody, and I'm sorry to interrupt, no, but. Right. Have you seen the story that Cody told about Randy Orton recently? No, I didn't. But about I, who? He said Randy, Randy Orton. Orton. Okay, no. <laughs> Randy is such a... Randy, look. He said one of his first interactions he had with Randy Orton is they both in the little locker room and Randy goes and like pulls the whole urinal off the wall. And he says, hey, what? Cody... He says, hey, Cody, look, he pulls the urinal off the wall, right? So the next day in the production meeting, they all like, I want to know who did it. He says, Randy Orton gets up and says, yeah, whoever did it is getting caught. I want to know who did it right now. And it's just like, bro, you the one that did it. And you don't act like you don't even know what's going on. He said, from then on, he knew Randy was a different animal. <laughs> Never mess with Randy. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't mess with him either. I don't think it, it would take the yard. But this wasn't, this wasn't, um, this was like 06, maybe 05, Randy? People have been telling stories about Randy Orton terrorizing folks for a long time. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> but that story is funny because it's just like, right. <laughs> How you gonna be in the locker room? How you gonna rip it off the wall and then, so, so, I'm pretty sure somebody got fired. For, for that, and really just just they ain't care. Hey, look, early early Randy Orton was a piece of shit. So he I was, was saying, wild boy. And then he met the Migos. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing though. That's not how it happened. But you but, but you understand. Uh, when we get into the business, uh, you know he does a he, he, you know he does a couple of dark matches, and then Vince is kind of like impressed with his athleticism. But he was just like. Oh God! I know this means they're gonna try to hurt me. Kind of like force me out there because he really enjoyed OVW. He said it felt like college, mm. like wrestling college to him down there, and he really enjoyed that. He felt as so he needed to stay down there. But they talk about when it wasn't the it wasn't just the athleticism. It was when he helped induct Dusty into the Hall of in, Fame in, in the Hall of Fame in two thousand seven. Yes, that's right. And, and speaking, it was like oh, this was was. was looking into that so he has his first televised match 
uh, he comes out with, with Dusty, and he goes against Randy Orton. Obviously, he's going to Randy Orton wins. But then they go right into legacy. I was hoping that it was like they would talk a little bit about when he teamed with Hardcore Holly at first, and they made they were a tag team, and then they had there was note that this new this new guy was coming in, Ted DiBiase Jr., and it was like okay, it was going to be Cody and Hardcore Holly going up against Ted DiBiase and a mystery partner, and then. Cody turns on Hardcore and, and joins Ted DiBiase. And then... He was tag teaming with PPP loans? Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I and, forgot what he going to jail for, is it? And it wasn't the welfare fraud or something like that? Yeah, okay. I think, yeah, yeah. He go, he, he, he is facing jail for like a long time. A long like, ass time. Like, they ain't no million dollar money getting get out of this one. So, it's, it's crazy. They, uh... Then they talk about, you know, forming legacy. Mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy like that's when Cody was starting to really come into his own after he left Harker High. I was like, I was surprised they didn't even mention the whole Harker High little set that he had when he was a tag team. Mm-hmm. But uh they really started coming to some I and then legacy was being pushed because they even had a hell in the cell match with DX. Yeah, so so you, you, you gotta be in some high regard. And I thought that was a pretty good you, you remember the Hell in a Cell match up prior? They had, was it this? Is that the one where they put Cody in the chair with the, uh, I think the sharpshooter and like the no, I think, I think thermal clutch? I, I think that's when they put Cody in the chair and they hit him with a sledgehammer. I'm sorry, what? Okay, 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 okay. Oh yeah, they beat the shit out of Legacy. Uh, I, I hear. So, after Legacy. Nah, broke, they beat up, uh, they beat up Shane Vince and Big Show and stuff. Yeah, it did. It did beat them pretty bad. Yeah, Hell in the Cell match is just hilarious. Yeah, it, it's, it's 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 to watch for comedic purposes only. Uh, they down now we're shifting over to him going into like a solo role. He he, the the, the whole legacy thing is done, and he starts bringing he goes into the character of dashing Cody Rhodes. The whole uh metrosexual pr- pretty boy. Yes, that was like you know hey. Clip your nails down, but uh, not uh, too close up because you don't want your nails to cuticle or whatever. They, or, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. shit about nails. Yeah. But I was just like, who? Dash, is it this pretty motherfucker? <coughs> well, just say, I don't think Cody Rhodes is a bad looking guy. Uh-huh. But I always was confused by the dashing Cody Rhodes thing. I was like, you don't give me pretty boy energy. No, he don't get energy, but that that's what Cody's one of the guys that when he has a gimmick, he gonna go with. He gonna go all in on it and try to make the things work because even when he had the whole angle when he got hit in the face, yes, and uh, he started putting the mask on. The fact that he really called up the doctor and was like, "Make me one of those yes. for my gimmick." What? Oh yeah, so so authentic. So peep peep this part. I know you know. uh Rip Hamilton. If you don't, I, we can call Q. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> strikes you out. Damn. Bro, they've been enjoying the end of this podcast, not even know the shots that have been fired. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know, probably we can always call Q up, but he uh. <laughs> 
they, uh, you know, Rip Hamilton used to wear that mask, and he got, he broke his nose, and then all of a sudden, this became a trademark. He called the same exact doctor that Rip Hamilton had to be able so he could craft a make a mask just like that to go along with the dashing gimmick. Yeah, I I thought that was, I thought that was pretty. Dope. That's a dedication. It is. Hey, like, hey, yo, Rip, can I borrow this real quick? You know, so I, I I was like, okay, and then the dash stuff started really getting over. He started doing the, the paper bags and giving it to the other other people in the audience, and then you start seeing more people start coming with bags on top of their heads. The wild part is, I was like, why are y'all complicit in being called ugly? Whose idea was that? Look, they rough call people ugly in, in, in temptation when they singing "Beauty's Always Skin Deep," this is and, very true. and they be they be always talking about this. Sing to me like you really don't want me to sing. This was hype at the Copa. Okay. Exactly. But I was like, but he really singing like, yo, you caught you ugly though. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's always skin deep though. So I, I was mean, just like, you just got David Ruff and Eddie Kendra singing in your face. You don't care what they sing. They be singing your breath stink. You know? Exactly. I know that was some strong breath, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. So. He had his match with Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania 27, which is, I think is one of one of the worst WrestleMania. Not the worst, but it's, it's in a bad category because they have the worst WrestleMania main event. But uh, he had the match with Rey Mysterio one day. We talked about how it felt to be a WrestleMania, his first like singles match, like Billy being out there on their own. Then as we start getting introduced to who Brandy is. Yes. Okay. So in the timeline of this documentary, did we talk about how he, how Dusty kind of brought the two of them together first, or how he was feeling away about the NXT kids thing? Which came first? Him, I can't remember. Dusty bring him closer to Brandy. Okay. Yes. Because, now, all the, by the way, because I, I didn't mention this, as we're, we're telling the story prior, he's walking through the desert. So when we get to the dashing Cody Rhodes, and then we get to like, and then, uh, and all that so we can we pick up the mask and when he talks about his father never winning the championship and how uh, he won the match against Hogan uh, on, on, on a disqualification uh, was it Hogan I can't remember and he, he, he was telling him sure it was Hogan and he was telling him uh, you don't win the belt that way and he was made it his mission that he was going to wrestle and win that championship belt and put it in his hands that was the thing that you know we got a little Cody crying because you know it's emotional. Hey, it's about this real up the dad. I have no problems with that. But in NXT, that's what you know. Brandy Rose was at doing you know commentary, uh, I mean, doing ring announcing, ring announcing things like that. And uh, who told this this adventure was a right night? night. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that Brandy a little bit. You you know. I miss that Brandy. Who told oh. this dizzy bitch it was open mic that night? That shit was funny. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, Cody, uh, obviously, you know, he looking at his sister. He, you know, he feeling her a little bit. And he said she had like one of these white southern doo-wop. It was like a, like a, the, the, the Texas, what he called the Texas housewife. Yeah. Lifted hair. The white Texas housewife. It looked like hair. a, it looked like cheerleader, Texas cheerleader hair. Yeah. And then he, now the way he said, he says, oh wait, it's not wrong with your hair. And she's like, well, he said, you might want to fix it before you go out there. 
So Brady goes back and Beth Phoenix is coming up and she's like, Was it Beth Phoenix or Nanny? It was Beth Phoenix. Okay. And she, because you, you would have said a lot of things if it was Nanny. I would have. It was Beth Phoenix. She was like, What are you doing? She said, I'm trying to fix your hair. Go say something wrong with my hair. She said, Says, Ain't nothing wrong with your hair. He's flirting with you. That's how Cody Cody Also, that probably wouldn't be the person for you to ask if something was wrong with your hair. If he told you you look like a Texas housewife or a cheerleader yeah. or whatever, he said. Fair enough. But the funny thing is, when they go back to Cody, Cody was like, yo, I was really dead serious. He was serious. like, no, I was dead ass serious. That hair looked horrendous. And they showed a picture of it, and he was not wrong. That hair looked a mess. <coughs> especially on her. See, Cody had it all figured out before it was all figured out. You know what I'm saying? He knew what he was talking about. Oh, you need to get back there with your hair looking like that. You know what? Listen, I give him credit for that because they did have that child looking a mess. He's like, he said, hold on, my sister. Hold on, beloved. They ain't the way your hair is supposed to be looking. Hold on, beloved. Do you think Cody. You don't think Cody would call call beloved? He better not. Uh, so, I, I don't even want to. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't. I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to remember. So, uh, and they talked about it and talked about how they dated for two years and then they end up getting married. And of course, you know how uh, he has his daughter, Liberty. And justice for all. Because you know, probably back in 1961. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't get into. Then they talk about uh, him being on his own. And, and Did Cody him. mention when uh, he saw the first uh, black baseball player, Jackie Robinson, play? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did he what? Did he recall the time where he saw the first black baseball player, Jackie Robinson, to play in the major leagues? No, please. Because, he, he, you know, he, even his dad wasn't, you know, uh, was spoiled that time. Now, if he said something about Hank Aaron, maybe. I'm saying, but no, he... He so he didn't say he was at the uh, he was at the I Have a Dream speech in Washington. No, no, he was right below the balcony. Eh? <laughs> right below the balcony. <laughs> Why they put this up for you? They left him in the Cadillac in the uh oh I can't think of the building right now. Lucky can't think of the building. The I don't know what you talking box. about, but I'm gonna leave it alone. What building am I talking about? <laughs> I don't even. I don't know what building you referring to. She okay. I'ma just What are you talking about now? Which historical figure are we referring to at this point? I was saying they left him in a Cadillac to go upstairs. Well I forgot the hotel's name, so I'm just gonna forget the joke. <sighs> we, we we talk about how Cody gets he does the white strap intercontinental championship. And he has that little uh uh singles run, you know, and then but they kind of gloss over. They, they talk about Damian Sandow, the tag team he had with Damian Sandow. But then, oh my God, I forgot about him. Yeah, back when Cody had that, that terrible ass mustache. Ooh, the Rose Scholars. Yeah, the Rose Scholars. That one was unfortunate. I was like, Cody, 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 what is you doing? And they said the same thing. And then all of a sudden, 2015 hits, and they're like, you know what we're gonna do? They started coming up with different concepts of the Stardust, which is basically mini gold dust yep and remember and then when he debuted next thing you know he was doing a tag team thing with gold dust now he was just like what the fuck is this but he was going to try to make it work the best he could and, and, and dive all into it 
And that they was even teasing a remember uh at that one point probably it was supposed to be like a Stardust versus Goldust match at Mania. Yeah, that's literally why one of the reasons AEW was built because all they wanted was a one on one match at Mania and then they gave it to my fast lane. That's yeah. it here. Yeah, that was that was stupid. And and first of all, so so was the whole Stardust thing in the first place. And you talk about how frustrated he was with it and but Brandon talking about like, you know, how he was keeping, you know, uh up the best he could with the character. And then like like they were saying he's like, Hey, Cody's gonna give it all, but Stardust is not going is not the character that's gonna be going for the WWE championship. Hell no. Cause nobody is taking Stardust seriously. Not at all. Not a soul. And it was getting real bad. I thought they was gonna probably mention the time where uh he was giving ideas for Stardust and then he was trying to do a Harley Quinn Joker style uh storyline with him and Brandy with Stardust. Mm, I guess. Okay. But I was just like, but yeah, they uh next day. So then but then all of a sudden he just went down with the session that he just started really not enjoy coming to work. He was like, I was back there. I was do. I would do my match and sit back there and knock one back yeah, and he, watch the monitor. He said like, he would take a, he, he would take a half a Gatorade bottle and fill it like bourbon or or, or any kind of liquor. And with the Gatorade, people just think he's drinking Gatorade, but he back there just drinking. He's like, I was pretty much trying to get myself fired. So then, unfortunately, he said we didn't get the bad news on June tenth, uh, two thousand fifteen. That's the day before my birthday because that's the rose that she died on my birthday. Yes, I remember that. That was that was quite sad. Yeah. But also, I didn't know it escalated so quickly. Neither did I. Like I thought that he had been sick and was just in the hospital or whatever. Yeah. I know it was like a, oh, I'm I'm not feeling good. Let's go to the ER. And then like twelve hours later, he's in the ICU. We just waiting for his organs to shut down. Like I was like, damn, what, what happened? Yeah. And he was talking about how painful that was, and he was like, "All my life, I just wanted him to live, but right now, he was like, I was just waiting for him to go because he'd been in there suffering, and it, it, it was their waiting game. Ain't nothing worse than playing that waiting game. Listen, that waiting game is torturous. Yeah, just waiting for somebody to die. That is a that's a hard pill to swallow. Then they, they talked about when he passed on June eleventh, twenty fifteen, and. You just you know see see the hurt Cody and, and, and the crying, and he goes back, and he, t- he, t- he tells Vince like, hey, I want to go back to being you know like a rose instead of starter stuff, and you know Vince like, no, we're not doing that. He's like, and that was it. So he was like, I'm trying to be out. Yeah. Grant your boy the release. <laughs> and he's out. But then that's when that's when we start doing the whole thing with Cody and Evolve and Cody doing New Japan and Cody in Ring of Honor and like look Cody was in every he was all promotion. Over the place. He even popped up at at um House of Hardcore. Yeah, I I, I was the thing like the only thing that he didn't do was because he was at Slammiversary, I believe he was at Final uh uh I forgot what, what Ring of Honor's biggest show is. He was at New, New Japan. Now, I didn't, the only thing he didn't do at that time was Ultima Lucha when Lucha Underground was there. He did not show up at Lucha Underground. Hmm. 
But then he really started, because I did well, I watched him on the Indies, he really started coming, like, when he was in Ring of Honor, started doing the Ring of Honor. Like, he actually had, like, the Tom Brady ring made and stuff like that. Oh, and was doing that, and he was, a he actually, that's when the bleach hair came in, the suits came in. <coughs> and then they talked about him getting with the Young Bucks. tattoo, oh. Boy, that tattoo ain't come yet. That, you know, that ain't come they like never yet. addressed that ugly ass tattoo. No, no, the dream tattoo. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they had the dream tattoo. But then uh, they talked about the birth. He's like, you know, we know what the dream is, but what about the nightmare? And then we had the American Nightmare, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Now he got the bleach hair. Now he, he, got, he has the look. Him and the Young Bucks team up. And they uh, talk about when they start putting together all in, with about ten thousand seats, and they end up being successful about that. And they and they mention that, which caused the start of AEW. I was actually shocked that they was uh, talking about that. I was too, like that they went it- in depth with it. it. I I thought they might gloss over it, uh-huh. but they went in depth with him with the first. Matt, like I'm not match first um, event when with them doing all in and then that leading into them starting the company and him being an executive in the company yeah. and all of that jazz. I said, oh, I don't think I don't. I'm not surprised by that. Wait, they, they do that, but then, then, but then three years into it, Cody decide he, he, his contract runs out at AEW. Now this is what Cody said. Cody said that he left. For personal issues. For a personal issue. He said it was not a talent. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't the money. He left for a personal issue. Which. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it's a personal issue. Like that he. Because he did make sure. I, I, it feels like to specify that he had a personal issue. With. The company I guess you would say. I'm, I'm going with Tony Khan. And that's why I'm like, because he did make sure to say it wasn't another talent. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you don't think it was the EVPs? No, I, I mean, look, they got their own things about it, but I do believe that there was probably some personal issue with Tony Khan that I felt as though it was like, you know, like, I... I, I'm t- I think it's the EVPs. I don't know if it's the EVPs because he really... I'm not going to say really did. Like, he wasn't emphatic about it, but... He made sure to say that it was not another talent. Yeah, you can count the, the EVPs are a talent, but they're not talent at the same time. So you can still be petty and say, oh, I'm not talking about a talent. I'm talking about, you know. And my thing is, um, we'll never know. And it's not our business for real, for real. Yeah. But what was the personal issue? I, 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 I would like to know. Well, I think uh, you know, cause you know, like the last like year and a half or two years, like they they didn't talk. Who's who's they? Uh, Cody and uh, the Bucks and Hangman and uh, Omega. Oh, okay. So it's like Omega, Hangman, and the Bucks, and then Cody. Cause like, okay, okay, remember the first Blood and Guts? It was supposed to be Omega, Hangman, Cody, and the Bucks in it, and then. That got canceled. So then Cody did something else tonight. Somewhere in between there, uh, Cody and the Bucks like they their relationship diminished. And they by the time he was out the company, they didn't even talk no more. Look, okay. you know it, it 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 could be. I'm not I'm not necessarily sure what 
uh, what's going on with that. But was yeah. he still around when they started taking titles? Like they was they was title only basically. Uh, I think he was still around. If I'm, if I'm, I, I I can't remember the timeline of that because you you know what, I, what I'm talking about, right? When they was just like they basically took all the power from them and they were like EVPs in name only kind of thing. Oh, that, 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 that was CM Punk era. Okay. After yeah, know. that was that was simple. This is the time like where they were still kind of doing a lot because even when um, Brody Brody Lee passed away. They weren't talking, but they all came together to take a picture with uh, Brody, with Negative One. Okay. And I was actually shocked to see them together because I knew they they weren't talking. Okay. See, so it it could all this could stem into that. You know what? See. And that does. I guess that does make sense because, when the whole thing happened, when Brody passed away, his wife was really vocal about the people who were like helpful to her or yeah. supportive of her and she always say Cody and Biggie Cody and Biggie yeah um I meant just from the AEW yeah. side she would say Cody she didn't say AEW mm-hmm. she didn't say the Young Bucks and Heyman and Omega and Tony Khan she said Cody yeah so days could be telling so Vince is just like oh, okay I, I want him back and Vince goes and flies Went over to his house. Went to Atlanta. Vince McMahon. First of all, Cody does not live in Atlanta. He lives in Marietta. Exactly. Mar- <laughs> Marietta is not Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> you think Vince going to Atlanta? You, it's like uh, Gerald Busby and uh, when he went to Bobby Brown house, he's like, uh, nah, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I ain't going to that one. I ain't going to that one. He, uh, he was worried about, well, I'm not going back to doing the Stardust stuff. I'm not doing it. He said, look. Sketchy this- mustache Vince McMahon boarded a plane and went down to Georgia for you, bro. That's crazy. He said, look, it ain't broke. So you come in with the whole shebang. Everything that was happening, then we go to WrestleMania uh, 38 when he returns and takes on Seth Rollins. And how that how that feeling was, which, like I said, was still, was still a good match. Talking about his run, and then as he's walking through the desert, uh, you know, past the Stardust shoes and the mask and the titles and all that stuff, we get he sees his big red cell. Where we where we talk about uh, the hell is it, cell. Is it is it real or is it uh, animated? I feel we, like it's, it's it, like a like CGI. did they did they, pu- it, it, did they really pull up to the desert with the cell and then just took it out just to build no, it? No, no, this is CGI. They on the sound stage. Okay. They show them afterwards, like shooting the 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 uh, cutscenes. Yeah. Cody want to be a, a WWE 2K wrestler so bad. <laughs> well, I mean, Jacob Cass. He's always. By the way, I did not mention this earlier, which I should have. This is narrated by Stephen Amell. Yeah. Of course it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's the stars himself. Uh, or heels, excuse me, heels. And you know how he had a little, had a little. Uh, Cody had to stick on on Arrow when he was Mister, on that, so. I'm just trying to get back to work. Yeah, seriously. Why y'all playing? So he, he talks about the Hell in a Cell match. Talks about how he was just at the weights, and he pulled stuff, pulled that pick right off the bone. I can see very well why he was embarrassed. Because can you imagine? It's one thing to get injured while you wrestling, like you in the ring. Yeah. It's another thing to be just 
you just own a bitch and your peck just slide off the bone like some tender chicken. Like Did he tell the story about how that happened? Say what? Did he tell the actual story or did they just talk about it? Well, he the, the, the story that he gave was that he was working out and then that and then he, he, he put the weight back the wrong way and it caused it caused a tear. Oh, that is not the story he told. Okay, okay. So what story did he tell? I heard him tell another story of he was in the gym and he was like kind of overhyped with protein and there was a guy almost like challenging him. Challenge? And he was like, all right, good, I'm going to get it up. And then as soon as he lifted up the first time, oh, I felt it grip or whatever. And that's the story I heard him tell. That's the part that's like, what? Well, he said, he said, we ain't gonna put that, we ain't gonna put that in the documentary. Yeah, I don't think we would have put that in the well, documentary. I, he told it on Rich Eisen, I, I believe. I mean, but in your documentary, I don't think you want <laughs> to be like, I was in a pissing contest and I injured myself. Can you imagine? I, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen the documentary, but he was still shooting the documentary on the Rich Eisen show. Yeah, so. that was a part of it, because they... they they yeah. uh, talk about that or not they mentioned that at the end when he's like getting up from taping the Rich Eisen show like when is this going to be over why are we still taping this basically no seriously that's what they were saying the whole interview they was like so when is this he was like oh they just follow me around he, and they was like how long have they been doing that he was like oh about a year <laughs> this is at Wrestlemania too so he was like oh about a year like, okay yeah, yeah no I wouldn't that's, that's like getting fired on your day off I wouldn't have told nobody that shit exactly <laughs> They have the big jacket reveal when he pulls it off. And uh, everybody sees the bruise. And then he goes on with the match. And then Seth Rollins was like, he's lying about how. I was definitely about to say that Seth Rollins was like, this man is lying about how bad this hurt. Yeah. And he was saying that the time he wanted to stop the match was when he did the, co- he did the springboard Cody Cutter. And he came down on his side. I just wanted to vomit. And he's like. He wanted to end the match there, but he ended up finishing the match, wins the match. But he has to go and do obviously the surgery, which puts him out for like close to like nine months. Mm-hmm. And that's when we do get the story about him returning at the Royal Rumble, going on to face Roman at WrestleMania. And that's when he has about to walk through this big majestic door. Mm-hmm. And, then he, and then he goes in, but he comes up. Uh, short and win the title and it talks about you know how the story is still unfinished and that is basically the whole documentary it's, a t- it's two hours and we, we got some insight for things you may know things you may not know uh, I, I mean they, I think on certain things they could have dove in a little bit more or like, for like uh, the, the, the hardcore high thing I was talking about or like how him and Brady just you know was was getting along other than just the hair thing, but like you know I just well, I, I like seeing the expression know about that no being newsy and want know more about AEW you know all that kind of stuff. But I think I think overall I think it was a, I think it was a pretty decent documentary. It was solid. It was alright. I do I do recommend like you probably go check it out. Okay. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. It was like it was Cody, uh, being Cody with all the, all the all the. Uh, Theatrics, and I'm pretty sure when he win the title next year, he's gonna make a part two. No, I think they done. <laughs> no, I, I know they done. But uh, I think it was still one. Like, we not, we not. By the way, saw this money following you around no more. 
So yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I I give it I give it like a B. I think it was really good. A thumbs up. A thumbs up show. Mr. A and E, yeah, you know it's the place to be. It's in C.